Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Um, podcast time. And uh, this week, I've got the one and only Jody Harsh on. Uh, Jody has been doing this for years. Um big drag queen from the uk and i love everything she puts out it's just amazing um i came across her in during lockdown and i was like what what's going on here and then followed all of her socials and started listening to her music and and really got involved with kind of the message that she's pushing, pushing out. Um, so I wanted to get her on the podcast. So without further ado, Jody Harsh. Jody Harsh, what's cooking? I am good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Can't yeah. complain. Um, just got up early. I'm in Detroit at the moment, so I got up early. Um, had a, um, what time is it there? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Nice. Are you an early riser? Yeah, I was up at like 6.30 this morning. Uh, I'm what? trying to be an early riser now. I'm trying to work out every morning. Yeah, I do a Barry. I do a Barry's boot camp at like seven thirty <sighs> in the morning. Yeah, they're pretty rough, right? They are rough, but I'm trying to get like my body and my mind mentally fit <laughs> as everything kind of comes back now. You know, like you can't be like running around festivals and club shows and all that kind of stuff and and being super unhealthy. It's do, like, do you have the lockdown so. love handles? Oh, times 10. The love handles are actually like all over my entire body. So yeah, I'm just trying to get, trying to get my health in order. I have fat shamed so many of my friends. Yeah, I did myself. (laughs) I look at the mirror going, nah, I got to get that body back now. We're back out there. Back on it. How's, um, how's, how's, how was lockdown for you? Because honestly, like that's how I came across you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I feel like there's been some really interesting things that's happened in our industry right um during covid and there's been a lot of negatives and a lot of positives but i think there's actually been a lot more positives than negatives that's come out of it in the grand scheme of things and there's some people that sadly lost their careers and kind of just have just gone and done their own thing but there's a lot of really new people that aren't necessarily new people that have been around for many years years but covid has kind of given them a platform to get to where they're at now and it's kind of just like brought a whole new breed of people to the industry totally um to backtrack a little bit you know i've been around for more than 10 years yeah. and I started by throwing parties and doing clubs yeah and that led to me being a dj that led to me making music that led to me songwriting i always say i kind of um i've done everything in the wrong order mm. so to get current um to when we went into lockdown i'd been putting out tunes for a couple of years yeah um just by myself just on my own label and just chucking stuff out there um to play in my shows and stuff and when we went into lockdown i had covid the week before we actually locked down here which was 
the the day that Boris Johnson said you, you must stay at home was like the day when I was like oh, I can finally go to the supermarket feel okay and I was like, oh so yeah, that's when everyone, that's when they were saying oh it's just going to be a few weeks it's just yeah. like a little thing just to get get you know for everyone's safety little did we know it was going to last eighteen months, months later eighteen months yeah. yeah um but I was in I was in bed with COVID the week before we locked down um my agent lovely Chris at CAA via my management was sending email updates on a daily basis. Mm. This show is canceled. This festival is canceled. Glastonbury's gone. It looks like Glastonbury's gone. This is gone. That's got, I lost everything. I lost everything that would, because I joined CAA, the agency, uh, you know, three months, four months before. Yeah. And so all these summer shows, it's like spring, summer, 2020 shows that we'd been working on. My first things through them, which is everything was, so I'm thinking, of course, like everyone who's self-employed or, you know, uh, anyone creative who's not in full-time employment, I was thinking, whoa, where's my money coming from? Where's my, where's my career going? Yeah. Where's my, how am I, what's the, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? You know, oh, no, be fine. Early 2021, everything will be back. Or, uh, you know, took till the sort of the end of 2021, didn't mm. it? But so... I, I'm a, th- a hustler through and through. Yeah, 100%. And, I, and it almost gave me, you know, some a flame under my ass to just kind of go, right, what the fuck can I do? Mm. How can I do it? What can I put out? What do I want to release? How, uh, where's the money coming from to, to, to do this? And where's the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it just got out there and hustled. Mm. And um, I got a great team, which is, you know, thank God, which is amazing. And we just all put our heads together and just kind of worked out what the next steps were and where I want to be and stuff and thought really pragmatically about it. And I never came from anything. I did, you know, my parents don't have money. They're my, my, they're, they're not particularly career minded people. So anything that I achieve is stuff that I've kind of got out there. Yeah. um, Myself, obviously, you know, with with the team and stuff, but it's, is I have to go out and work. I have to do stuff. And I have to stay creatively fed yeah. and, and I have to stay really engaged with culture and really excited all the time. Otherwise I'll just slump into depression, Yeah, yeah. which really does happen when, when, um, if I'm not active and busy and, and if my mind, my, the creative parts of my brain are not engaged, I just mm. feel like crap. So, yeah. so I just got to work is what, is what I did. And, and it paid know, off. It paid off yeah. massively. I did. I started by doing live streaming, you know. Which yeah. I really, I've, I, you know, I listen to your podcast, so I hear, I hear you talking about live streaming. Like, with, what with talking like, shit on live streaming? <laughs> you no, know, I hear you just like discussing the live, the concept of streaming yeah. live with other DJs, and and I did, I did quite a lot of it, and mm. I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. it really at all. It felt really good to be able to live stream and, and give people some music yeah. and improve someone's Friday night or, you know, you get the comments and little DMs like, oh, that really helped me. Yeah. I've had the worst day or I've had bad news or I lost my job and, yeah. you know, you gave me an hour of joy. Hearing that's amazing. Yeah. But did I like DJing to my phone in my fucking living room? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I like the live... I like the live experience. It's, it's been interesting because watching the whole live stream thing over COVID, because again, like I said, there's there's been some artists that have come out of the live stream yeah. that weren't even kind of DJing before before COVID. Yeah. Like, look at Amy L. Like, she's a good yeah. friend of mine, and she 
I, I've known Amy for three years, bef- three years now. And my first interaction with her was I was going to get her on a track singing. Yeah. Um, and I think she just finished university. Um, she hadn't DJed ever, like not, not DJed one bit. And then we kind of always stayed in touch. And then during COVID, she started doing Twitch every single day and look where she's at now. And yeah. it's and it's like it's it, it has done some amazing things for people. LPGOB, she's exactly the same. Just like just streaming every day and it it did something special, but for me yeah, it just wasn't for I, sure. I, I, I'm with you on it though. It's just like Yeah. There's just something about just DJing to an iPhone. In your pants. Kind of forth in your yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just going, oh, with like a smile and feeling like you have to constantly perform. Yeah. Um, because you're being filmed as well and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't know who's watching you know with, without any energy to bounce off because obviously that's what we all really love us DJs we love we love that live yeah. moment and the, and the energy exchange um, that DJing obviously is all about so um, and yeah and then music so I, 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 I was I was in the studio mucking about with um, this sample um, of, a, of a tune um, where I got the chorus from my, my track My House from and and I just thought, oh, that's kind of fun and cute. And, you know, we were all locked down. So we're all in our homes. I did all the little everybody's welcome in my house bit. I threw some drums on and yeah. worked on the bass and stuff and and put that tune out on another rhythm. And then that got picked up by Warner. And then I, I didn't up- know it went out on another rhythm. It did. It oh, first came out on another rhythm. Warner then um, upstreamed. Is it upstream? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they upstreamed it. Um, uh, three months later oh, amazing and, um and that sparked up a conversation of signing signing with warner and it's done like so, it did like eight million it's done like eight million i was listening to it earlier yeah eight or nine or something yeah i mean i'm looking at not, it not bad yeah not bad for a little not bad for, for a lockdown lock yeah 8.6 it's pretty good yeah yeah so so that sort of then started my record deal with warner mm. so when I um, I was obviously releasing music as we went into lockdown, but that's that first week where all the shows are going, and I'm in bed with COVID. Did I think I'd be signing to <laughs> records? No, I didn't think that. Yeah. But that, um, yeah, I kind of what basically to summarize, how did I get through lockdown? I really just kind of winged it, to yeah. be honest. All <laughs> right, let's get going, man. Yeah, anyway. for me, for me, I just kept on releasing music. Um, and like, I got to release some music that probably I would never have released before, like outside of COVID. Yeah. Um, Do you think that's because you couldn't test stuff on a dance floor because people weren't on dance floors? I think, I think it was because I like, I'm just like you, I'm sure. Like I like a lot of different types of music and with the music that we release or for me, I can only speak for myself, but I generally release stuff that's just like club orientated that I'm going to play because it's what I'm playing in my sets. Yeah. Um, But there's records like my record, like, I don't know if you've heard it, but a track called run run with that I did with jaded. Um, I would probably never play that in my sets. Um, But I got to release stuff like that. That kind of, it does its thing on streaming and it kind of allows me to do something a little bit different, but it's not really a Will Clark record, if that makes sense. Yeah. And another thing about making music when we were locked down without the ability to road test stuff yeah, on yeah. is 
the mix. Yeah. When I came out of lockdown <laughs> and played stuff in, you know, obviously I've got great, I've got great speakers at home, I've got great speakers in the studio. But when I played certain tracks that I'd put out in a, in in an actual club, oof, the mix was a bit off. <laughs> like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit toppy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I did that the other day. A muddy one, bloody hell, you know. Yeah. I um I I had that the other day with a I just re- released a Dom Dollar remix and my yeah. mastering guy sent me um the master and I was like I I I made it in my studio in the UK and then I um. It was back over in in America, and he sent me the master, and I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck have you been doing, Will? That is an awful yeah. mix, Dad." <laughs> like the shakers were so loud, I was like, "Why did no one notice this? Why did no one pull this up? It's awful." Totally, we put in like a nine oh nine hat, and literally can't you can't hear the vocal anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's just all hat. I love yeah, it. yeah, I love it. So, how did this? How did the? How does it feel? Like working as a with a major because obviously from what i've researched on you is like comes from underground and it comes from like yeah like underground queer clubs absolutely and there's something there's something that's like is that i was listening to your playlist as well on spotify and there's a huge like disco influence from from what i kind of get get from you which i love um But how does that work when it comes to like being working with a major where they they obviously want hits? Absolutely. Um, I've always loved, I've always had a pop sensibility as well. I think I've always loved Mm. pop music, but but pop music, like, I don't know, everything, the girl, Madonna, you know, certain Madonna stuff. Or, you know, when Kylie was really cool, that kind (laughs) of stuff. So, so there has absolutely always been a commercial influence in, in everything I do and, you know, doing drag and coming from, um my point of view there's something so punk about um you know queering the mainstream (laughs) i love it just think you know drag and and underground culture now through tv shows such as pose um rupaul's drag race which is just Mm. absolutely ginormous um it's there's like this huge spotlight on it and and for it to be in people's living rooms or for it to be on people's radios or in in their car on the you know on you know the their, their favorite playlist on Spotify. There's just something so progressive and cool about that mm. uh, to me. So, um, so to sign to like to sign to a major and have the absolute bl- biggest platform I possibly can. Yeah, I just think it's, it's amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's great. And um, the, yeah, there's no there's no talk of like watering down or oh, can you go and make a record that sounds like a Joel Corey yeah. record or could you? there is none of that there's there's none of that kind of stuff i i do i'm not saying i have free reign because i work closely with my a and r like to develop what i'm doing but it's um there's no selling out yeah or anything anything like that the blessed madonna's also on my on my label she's Sick. just recently signed to, to warners as well so actually warners in the uk are, are getting quite a quite a, a good dance yeah. um crew together so it felt like the right home to me, and um, it, yeah, it feels good. Do you know Anton? Really I do, I do indeed. Yeah. yeah. So Anton, Anton runs my label as well. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. So it's all. It's yeah. They've got their fingers in in really cool pies, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're doing cool shit, and it's actually been really interesting because 
house music has become a lot more commercialized in the last, I would even say in the last like two years during COVID um, and a little bit before and with the likes of Joel. That was actually the first time I, I'd heard of you. Um, oh, really? You did like a TV thing with Joel and M and EK. Did I? Yes, that makes sense. Yes, I, I can't something, remember what it, what it was, but something you, like that. Yeah. It was like you were present. Yeah. They were in. They were in a bed, and you were presenting. Something right, like, right, right, right. And I've cool. I've known Joel for years. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time I kind of started to kind of take note on what you were doing. Um, yeah. And it was really interesting. But I, I want to go to like the queer London night scene. Because yeah, I know so. nothing about it. Um, yeah. And I so kind of... <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to go back to, like, that first time. Like, what? what is it like? I mean, the first time I ever went to a club, I was 15, go, maybe 15 slash 16, like, super really young. Far yeah. too young to be running around the nightclub. Um, it was... Do you remember the Astoria in um, uh, Tottenham Road. It's been knocked down now for Crossrail. No, I, I didn't know that. We had a big, big queer Saturday night party and I used to go to that every single week with fake ID, running around, doing all sorts of things I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> Absolutely loving it because it's always a while ago now and so the culture wasn't, society wasn't as an accepting place yeah. as, it, as it is now. And um, so to go out and being a, a big dance floor with loads of people whose sexualities were the, were the same as mine or similar yeah. to mine and just and just have the joy in dancing together with loads of people in a room listening to music that we all shared and interest in just felt so I naturally felt at home as soon as I walked in I, I remember walking into, into the club for the very first time thinking oh I'm home yeah, oh yeah. okay I've arrived oh now it makes sense yeah. this is where I'm supposed to be because of course being a gay kid I was the odd one out in the playground. Yeah, of course. I was the one where all my mates at school were kissing girls and I didn't want to. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, be at home listening to Prince and, yeah. and, and Madonna. Um, I, you know, I felt like I didn't belong and I and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt like the odd one out. Was there, so was really, there, were you the only gay person at school? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, for sure back then I certainly felt like I was yeah and so to be in in an environment where um I could be myself however that took shape yeah and um just be with loads of people that that sort of shared my um interests and totally and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt really it felt there's the sense of community within nightlife I guess is what I'm kind of getting at here and and you know you hear people talking about you know the paradise garage being a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. having a sense of community and a family and 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 all that kind of stuff and people just wanted to go and listen to larry's music at week in work out and i really had that yeah when i was like so young like 15 fucking years old once i was um id'd at the door on a saturday night and so my my group of friends of course were older than me i was the youngest one and so they said well let's go to trade I don't know if you've heard of trade. Yeah, I've heard of trade. Like a hard house club yeah. <laughs> at Terminals in London. Um, again, it's not there anymore. It's now an office block. And um, I got into trade, and that was a raucous all nighter. <laughs> at eight until like Sunday lunchtime, and there was trade, and there was trade light. Yeah, and so trade the main room was like banging Can't hard much. house, like like it was hard house. And then there was trade light 
the trade light room next door, which was like Smoking Joe, Fat Tony. Smoking uh, oh, Joe. Yeah. Tony may have DJed the main room. I can't really remember, but 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 it was a little bit more of like a, a funky vibe and, yeah. and kind of disco edits and and so and and just had great house music, bitch yeah. cargo house as well. And the main room was very <laughs> Which wasn't quite my thing. Yeah, uh, you'd have loved it. <laughs> and, it was, <laughs> and it was like a trade was like a sea of topless guys, and I almost feel like I grew up there. That's yeah. when I was like, okay, and that's when I really, really got into house music. Mm. Yeah. I love yeah. that smoking Joe. That's a blast from the past. Yeah, she she's was, still around. I think she, she does, is um, still around. Yeah, yeah, glitter, glitter box and stuff. I think she does. She yeah. does for the defective crew. Yeah, I used to work. Um, I used to run the podcast at space in in ibiza um wow. i used to work with the guy that, that ran it and um we would record dj sets like every sunday um, yeah for we love and yes, she, of course. she was yeah. like one of the residents um or she played quite a lot and i loved her music right. i actually loved it i um when i was 21 i went to new york for three months um, um I, I, I studied and, and I went over to New York to do a workplace for three months. What were you studying? I went to London College of Fashion. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I just knew I actually I know to... about, I knew about this. I read about yeah. this about you. I just knew I wanted to do something really gay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was working in the fashion industry. While I was in the, while I was studying, I was started dressing up and working in in nightclubs and, yeah. and then throwing my own parties, throwing my own raves while I was at school. And so that, that sort of where, the Jodie Harshing came along and then um but at 20 it might have been 20 it might have been just because I, I think I was under the legal drink drinking age but I went to New York for three months and started hanging out with a gang over there in clubs every night while I was mm. in the workplace so I was going out to see like Honey Dijon play so in, in like the, the clubs and stuff um before she really hit it because yeah. she's also been around a, a long time and so I remember hearing like Honey sets mm. oh my god like was it Twilo is that Yep. That's in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Twilio. I don't, Twilio. That. I don't think so. Twilight. Yeah. Twilo. That may have shot quite a few years ago, yeah. but clubs like that, and you know, you'd go and, and hear Honey play, and, and I was like, oh, right. Mm. Uh, okay, that's DJing. Right. Got yeah. it. These marathon sets, and, you know, something so cool about New York. And so I really um, was influenced a lot by, by the New York clubbing scene. Yeah. yeah. And then I could literally save up all my money and go backwards and forwards every six months have how, for a little how good is new york oh my are this the best i mean london are born and bred yeah and you know london is my heart but but new york is just the most it's the best city in the world isn't I it? i agree like yeah. I, I i i lived there for i did like four months there um but i i it's the it's the city that i always go to if i have time to go and chill out somewhere and, and relax totally. it's something totally. so special Something's really magic on the streets there, and but and I love it. I love its grit and all those, yeah. you know, all the that New York is obviously famous for, and it's housed, you know, my reference point clubs, whether it's Studio Fifty Four or the Paradise Garage yeah. or the Loft, or the, you know, all the all the. Um, it's it's just it's been the it's that sort of tiny island as as has like encapsulated yeah. everything that I love about club culture and music and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's like a constant reference. But I have been to America for a few years now because of COVID and God, I miss it. Get your ass out here. It's amazing. I know. I've never, so you're in Detroit. You live in Detroit. Yeah, I go between Detroit and Somerset in the UK. Like, oh, amazing. Chalk, wow, and, chalk and cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been to Detroit. Never been. 
Yeah, Detroit's an interesting city. It's um, ha- it's had its ups and downs over the years. A lot more yeah, downs than ups. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's a, there's there's an obviously there's a huge festival here called Movement, which I'm not too sure if you've heard of, but it's like the biggest techno festival in North America, really. Um, yeah. And the Paxhow guys, they run, they they do a really tight ship of running some dope parties. But the scene as itself is quite small, just because the, the lack of population um yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of people left so like it was like 1.2 million population now it's like 600,000 right okay so like so it's, yeah okay it's very raw like it's a very very harsh city um yeah yeah but, i um i'm a big fan of chicago as uh, well chicago is like 4 hours away it's really close yeah, um, yeah. chicago by, by car yeah 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 by car right um yeah, obviously a big fan of the of the greats that came from Chicago and you know Yeah. Paul Johnson, rest in peace, mother motherfucker. Yeah. Wasn't Fra- I think Frankie was from Chicago, yeah, right? I, I think uh, I think he was. I've got to Google this because my history is not good. Derek Carter's over there, you know, all the Derek's amazing. The Housey boys were over there. Such a nice such a nice um, yeah. such a nice dude, Frankie Knuckles. See that's the thing is I when I first started playing record, um, I started with like Soulful House, Soulful yeah. Funky House. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, of course. Um, and that was kind of my inroads. So like Sam Divine, yeah, um, which was she was Miss Divine. Um, yeah, I used to buy my records from her um, in because she's from my like she's locally from me um in the uk and she was like on the whole funky house soulful house tip and the guys i was djing with in bristol were all on this like soulful house trip so that was kind of my into like actually actual djing got Um, it motion in bristol motion's fun yeah i've actually just been booked to play a a gay party a gay club in bristol called called dare two um, which many gay clubs have you uh, over no, the years I, I've, I've not um, yeah. I have to get you for some more I really stuff. like it's literally I really want to play some yeah. like I um, I, I program this um, well I kind of own slash program slash curate this party called Feel It which okay. is Friday nights um, at Omira in London we started just as soon as we could get back into the clubs after the after the pandemic yeah um, and um We've been booking. We've had some some quite interesting booking. We just had eats everything a couple of weeks ago. And Legend. Some, yeah, yeah. We got some really good, really good people coming up. So maybe come play. Yeah, I'd love to. That. I'd yeah. love to. What's what's? I guess for anybody that's not been to a gay club. Yeah. What is it about gay clubs that are special? I, I guess the fact that there's a lot of joy in gay clubs. Mm. It's less. It's less. I was going to say it's less about pulling because a lot of <laughs> really, <laughs> but actually, I'm going to completely retract that and maybe say it's more about pulling. It's all about pulling, isn't it? <laughs> it's only about. It's purely about <laughs> pulling and nothing else. Not the music. Nothing. No. Um, um, I don't know. It's. I mean, a great club's a great club, isn't yeah. it? And I think it's more to do with the crowd and the people that are there that that makes it different. But um, oh, that's such an interesting question that I've never really thought about before like what actually makes i guess as well the fact that for so long 
so many people in that room and historically as well, just in, in gay world, people haven't been able to be themselves. Yeah. They haven't been what society, you know, um, would like them to be. Like totally. I was saying how I felt like the odd one out in the playground. And and I guess um, there's such a, that's why that's why gays like to party so hard, probably yeah. because they're just, you know, allowed to, to kind of do what they want after maybe hiding for such a long time, which I know is a thing that, um, straight people won't be able to completely um, identify with, but um, I personally speaking, I just remember walking in that club, a gay club for the first time, and, and just the feeling was a sigh of relief yeah. that there was a room full of people, full of thousands of people that were like me. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have to hide from yeah. that, and I, um, from myself, and didn't, and and it was just a, a sense of relief. Mm. No, I love that. I I remember playing um, an after party, the most random city ever in Columbus, Ohio. And it was right. during Pride. Um, and I got asked to play at some warehouse after party. And I went went and played. And literally, it was just like a, a gay party. And yeah. like it started with like nobody there. And then I just didn't really look up. And like half an hour later, it was literally just a bunch of dudes with their shirts off necking each other. And it was like, <laughs> the, the it was like the most kind of liberating feeling for everybody there that it was just like, you could just do what you want. You could be who you are. Whereas yeah. I think in straight clubs, it, there's, there's kind of a bit of like a, sometimes depending on like, there's going to be like a couple of like really hot girls and every dude's trying to like, be around that those those two girls yeah. if you know what i mean and it's a yeah. very like especially in dance music it's a very male dominated scene totally um yeah. and it's like unless you go see like mk play or something like that where it's very female dominated it's it's very i i can imagine being a, a woman in a in a straight club sometimes being quite fucking annoying um, right, but I'm so I'm seeing my as I'm played on the radio and dance shows and stuff a lot more now. I'm I'm seeing my when I do one of my shows, so yeah. not at a gay club, but when you're buying a ticket for me, I'm definitely seeing a more diverse crowd. I love that. Because, yeah, of course. When I started out, of course, it was you know a room full of gays and girls, yeah. <laughs> and now now it's now I'm totally seeing you know straight couples and Sick. stuff at my shows, which is which is I love to connect. Uh, with a with a really broad audience yeah. I, like i was saying about how how punk that is and yeah. how i do think that we should be living in a world where every everyone is equal are we ever going to get there don't know um but it's nice to see stuff diversifying you know festival i was at creamfields um last year and of course when i when i was booked i thought god that's going to be really really straight isn't yeah. it isn't that <laughs> <laughs> it's the time when i finally get bottled get there there's loads of gays yeah. there and stuff and it's just and it's you can slowly see um things opening up a lot more to to um fully diverse audiences which is which is really really exciting and of course uh, at the same time as that there are still countries there's a list of countries on this planet where it's illegal to I be know. gay there are countries where you can get your hands chopped off or your head chopped off for being for literally being like me. Yeah, They're four hours away on a plane from where I live. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's always at the front of my mind as well. But we're but we're so lucky. Don't play in Russia. 
No, and I have done before, but not for years. Don't play in, you know, Saudi. Or Saudi, or yeah, fuck know. that. There were places where I'm obviously not going to go, but um, yeah. It's weird that, it's isn't the- it? It's so weird that, to think that there's places like that. Absolutely. It and doesn't e- make sense. Equality, equality is at the root of um, house music, yeah. of course. And dance, well, dance music, full, full stop. I mean, that's a huge part of it, isn't it? And yeah, and of course, also dance music, arguably, but was, you know, pretty much invented by the gays. It was. <laughs> the gays and POC people and, and, and Latin folk, you know, it's... Um, yeah, a bunch of gay black people. Fab, fab yes. Right? Yes, so it's sort of like upholding that. So. Have you seen yeah. the documentary Maestro? No. I'm I gonna, don't think so. I'm going to send it to you. You'll love it. Um, in fact, there's a couple of documentaries I'm going to send you. Um, I think one of them is called one of them is called Maestro, which is based on the New York scene, Paradise Garage. Um, I've never seen it. That Loft. sounds like something You'd I should have been very aware of. You'll okay, love it. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you it. And then there's another one about Vogan um, in New York. Paris is Burning. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that. I yeah. know that inside out. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I was listening to that on the plane, watching that on the plane the other day. It's so oh, good. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So many of those people died shortly after know, that. Right. Yeah, AIDS and you know murders or, or whatever. Yeah, so many of the cast. I've oh, another fascinating fact: the older queen in that video, who's yeah. sort of mother of the house. Yeah. Um, can't remember her name. Is she an extravaganza? I can't remember, but she's, you know, she was the one that's saying, if you shoot an arrow when yeah, it goes yeah. real high, hooray for you. <laughs> she was um, found dead in her apartment a um, few years after, maybe 10 years after um, Paris is Burning came out. And they found in her closet a mummified body that they reckon had been there for sort of 20 years. What <gasps> the fuck? Yes. I know she's obviously killed someone and mummified that. I mean, isn't that amazing? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fucking wild. Yeah. That was in the crack days as well. So there was a lot. Yeah. 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 Crack scene back in the day. Yeah. Mummified body. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. When, when, when was the whole first time you went, started to to do drag? I want to know about this. Yeah. I started dressing up when i was 18 moved to london went to university hanging out with a load of friends who were also doing drag and i'd see them get free drinks tickets or like skip the line to go <laughs> into the like the velvet rope would lift up for them at you know heaven or yeah. wherever we were going and i was like oh my god you are famous i want i want to do that too oh my god you've been handed a drinks ticket so you pretty <laughs> like, much did it for free drinks and uh and free, free entry. drinks and, no free entry 100 yeah still had to play for the coach um but i just thought oh wow that looks really fun and and i loved the you know playing with gender and i loved the, the creativity that went into it and and stuff and and yeah and then i started throwing parties i yeah. started organizing clubs and and throwing little raves and stuff while i was while i was studying to kind of to make my way through uni and i even you know did the door i did the door at the end yeah on a on a thursday for um a gay night they had called discotheque you know used to pocket half the money but yeah. you know <laughs> did, did all that take got, bribes gotta pay door. your bills gotta pay the bills um 
and and yeah so that's that sort of where I that's how I started just by dressing up and running around nightclubs and mm. working in various different forms within club culture I love yeah. that how did the, how did the family take it yeah my mum at first couldn't really understand it but now loves it yeah um and uh my sister who's a few years younger than me also now loves it because she's seen that she can get free festival tickets. <laughs> like oh can you get me some tickets for wilderness i'm like yes i'm playing <laughs> i mean it's like she's, she definitely takes advantage of that and my dad stopped talking to me really yeah we well, don't speak at all that's at rough all. Yeah. How, yeah how's that uh it's his problem more than it is mine oh 100 percent yeah. 100%. I'm pretty much I've done all the therapy I've yeah. done you know, I I look at life from a glass half full um point of view um and I'm I'm fine with myself yeah. I'm super comfortable with my skin everyone else is comfortable with me so it's really not my um Your issue. I just haven't made it my yeah I haven't made it my problem yeah I I accept it and move, and move on it's weird because I you know I got my 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 dad was was a musician he's he sort of always played in in little bands and yeah you know uh, just just small bands not nothing nothing big but um so he'd go around gigging and when I was a kid we'd go around and yeah he'd do little beer festivals and things in Kent yeah. you know and, we, and we'd like sit on the side of the stage watching watching my my dad perform and stuff so he definitely comes from a creative place and a musical place so it's really weird yeah, that he doesn't that you know that he just never um. He just doesn't like what I do or who I am, any you know, whatever. Anyway. Life goes on, I guess. You just yeah, gotta keep yeah. doing what you do. He had an amazing record collection as well. He I remember being like a kid and he was introducing me to the music of like Bjork or, mm. or like um oh what would he used to play? Like he loved funk and soul, um and 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 he loved dance music as well. So was it kind of was it when you were gay when you or not when you became gay but when you kind of spoke about that or was it when you started doing drag actually both we fell out two times the first time um when he found out i was gay um which was completely by mistake i was dragged out of the closet by oh it's a whole nother story (laughs) for another day but by a school teacher oh really oh yes fucked up man yeah um but when that um exploded um, that was our first falling out, but then we lived under the same roof for a couple more years, mm. and then my parents got divorced. And then later on, um, he eventually saw me like being interviewed on some TV show or something yeah. like that, and um, he turned to his wife and went, "Is that my son?" And she knew she, yeah. she you know, and she was like, uh, "Yeah." And since that day, we haven't spoken. Wow. Yeah, and there's all these things that like, um, you know, like Glastonbury Festival. He used to go to Glastonbury every year. Yeah, I've played Glastonbury. And you know, like he loved football. I've played Wembley. Yeah, open for someone at Wembley, and all these things, all these like, life achievements that my, my my dad's not sharing with me. And like I said, it's re- this is not a boohoo story. Like no, I'm, no, no, not at all. No, but um, I, it's so dumb, isn't it? It's just so stupid. Well, I I think the thing is, is like there's you hear about this a lot, and yeah. I think it's a generational thing as well to a certain extent. Um, but realistically is without sounding disrespectful to your dad, it's just his loss. Totally. Like, yeah. and you've, you've processed it by the sounds of it, you've processed it and probably still are processing it to, to in certain situations. But 
at the end of the day, he's missing out on you. And mm. like as a, I'm not a parent, but all as a parent, if all I can imagine is that I'd want my kids to be a part of my life for the whole life, for my whole life and kind of see yeah. them grow and, and kind of celebrate them as who they are and what they're doing, whether that's working behind a desk job and doing whatever or, or playing Wembley. Um, yeah. Like, it's definitely his loss. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm really at peace with it. Yeah. I've worked through all of that. So yeah, there's, I can there's, imagine. There's, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. So when you're writing music, um, I mentioned about the kind of like the disco influence. Mm. Do you listen to a lot of samples and kind of take it from that? Or do you like, let's, let's build from scratch? Both, both ways. Yeah. So yes, I've used samples in quite a lot of the tracks that I've put out. Mm. You know, sometimes we'll just hear something and think, and they'll just stay in the back of my mind for six months. And then eventually I pull it back out of that yeah, drawer yeah. And, and just start playing about with it. It always takes me, I never really make stuff as soon as I have the idea for it. It really? has to sort of ruminate in my head a bit. Yeah. yeah. For some reason it has to stew for mm. a good few months. Yeah. And then one day I'll be like, right, today I'm going to make that. Yeah. Um. So play with samples a lot, um, make stuff out the box a lot um, from scratch as yeah. well. Baseline, build up drums, build yeah. up, Perks, build up sound effects um and i i songwrite a lot now as well so that's been quite interesting i signed a publishing deal with with universal as well amazing. recently so that, that, that that's sort of really helping me get into amazing rooms with amazing co-writers and stuff as well yeah. and so i'm also also approaching the songwriting um in different ways as well so whereas before i'd make a track and then maybe bring in a singer and we'd write something on top of yeah. on, on top of the track now um but i there's i don't know if you've heard of a singer called francis she's an amazing singer songwriter okay. she works a lot with sg lewis and okay you know, she's written with jesse ware and people yeah. like that and we've been doing a lot of sessions together recently and and she is incredible at the piano she will yeah. literally like play a chord followed by a second and it's like oh! <laughs> it was suddenly like this, this, everything was start shaping up like straight away and and so when i'm writing with her for example we'll write literally onto piano yeah and then i'll take it and build around that yeah but we're literally writing a song um through just um chords i love that yeah. so that's so that's a new way of of working for me which i really really um enjoy yeah, yeah. do you like do you prefer working with people I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do a lot of my production myself. Yeah. Sometimes we'll go in and collaborate with someone else, um, usually later down the line. Um and I get I get myself mixed and yeah, mastered, yeah. obviously, yeah. outside out, outside of here. But um so and songwriting, I always like to work with one other person. Yeah. I like I like it to be two people in a room writing songs together, or mm. three, but usually two, me and someone else. Um just because bouncing ideas around um, and it just feels a bit more exciting. I'm a very collaborative person yeah. in, in everything, everything I do. Um, but I like to, I like to build tracks. I like to produce yeah. alone for most, for most part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to work with other people at the moment, like mm. on, cause I think for a, a, a huge part of my career, um, and I'm sure you kind of have come across this. There's this massive thing of like, you have to do everything yourself. 
and I think that's a bit outdated. It, though. it, it is now, yeah, it is, yeah. and and I think there was like probably ten years of writing music where there was just this, like you have to do everything, and then over the last like four years, I've been like, well, no, let you, like I'm not the best at everything. I want to mm, get totally. I want to get the best people possible totally. to make it yeah. really good and and realistically it's just making the be- trying to make the best possible music for everybody else it's not just for me it's so everyone else can enjoy it totally I think it's very music snob as yeah. well to be like I have to do absolutely everything by myself to so I can fully own this and it's like yeah in your head yeah. you know that collaboration is is part of music and it's yeah. just like you know if you're if you're an amazing singer you when you when you you know you'll probably have backing singers when you yeah. and a sound guy when you're performing live you yeah. know and, and you know for technical help or whatever mm. so I do I do think that in any you know if you're an artist you know you look at um I don't know, a Damien Hurst or yeah. Andy Warhol or whatever. Yeah. It's like not every brushstroke is by or, or whatever is 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 it's a lot of it's collaboration. No, with totally. Whatever. So I do think it's a little out of date this this whole this whole notion of um, absolutely everything has to be me. I think the thing that I struggle with the most is when people claim that it's them and it's not. Oh, like like a like a ghost. Yeah, like. or not even yeah. that. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of producers out there a lot of like DJs out there that release music that they don't give the person who made the record credit. They didn't even right, sit right. in the room and then they, they build a career over the, around those music, that music. And obviously you don't know what deals happen behind closed doors, but I think there's a, I think that's the issue is that it's telling people that you have to do everything yourself whereas like if i i don't know i can't really say names but like if this person that's like massive that was like yeah you know what i actually have somebody else write my music for me or we work on a collaborative way i think that will open the door to so many kids that are like damn i can like get somebody to help me i can and and i think it will then take the stigma out of the industry where it takes that snobbery out of it all Totally, because in, in any industry, there's teamwork involved in, right. in creating a, a, a thing or a piece of art or a product or whatever. Yeah, like it, it's 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 a lot of the time is teamwork. Yeah. So yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, fashion. I want to talk to you about. I love fashion, although I literally always wear this. You like never see me in any other clothes apart from this. But like, fashion is for me one of my biggest goals in my life right. to kind of be involved with. Um, right. which not many people know about to be fair i wouldn't have guessed that about yeah. you, but that's cool um how do you still do anything in it apart from yourself i mean i'll i tend i tend to get booked to dj some fashiony yeah. things you know certain like you know a versace party yeah. or a you know a um fashion weeky type things yeah. or british fashion world type things or whatever um but other than that, not really. I keep an eye on it. Yeah. I um, have quite a strong identity, visual identity, I guess. Yeah. I've developed the hair's always the same, the, you know, that I have a, I have my, my vibe, my look, <laughs> yeah, totally. my look, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, my mask, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to, my, um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't make or design or, um, 
No, I, I don't. But I'm very interested. In Did you ever? Did you ever like make? No. When I was at when I was at uni, I was um, studying to do styling and creative okay. direction, yeah. and a bit a bit of journalism, yeah, as well. Um, so that that side of fashion, rather than actually making um, clothes, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny world, the fashion world. It's interesting. I think it's very similar to the music industry, definitely. Um, yeah, where it's like you can be hustling for fucking years and not get anywhere and then all of a sudden one person wears something and it's game over from there you're like totally totally sometimes i used to like you know go to a fashion show and just think oh my god this is so ridiculous and whatever but then those you you can sort of see those ideas then filtering up through you know whether it's the high street or and it's the same with music it's like a sort of a sound of the underground but suddenly three years later you'll be you'll hear something in the charts and be like i know exactly where that came from well, Same with club culture, you know, these totally. ideas being born, isn't it? And and kind of becoming bigger in, in mainstream culture. Yeah, well, the last thing for me was Rebukes Along Came Polly. I don't know if you know that record. Um, it's the one with, like, loads of weird percussion-y sound. Right. It came out okay. on Hot Creations a few years ago, and literally, like, okay. he created a sound that, like, everyone tried to copy. And... Right you hear it all the time you hear it it's just fashionable right things things become fashionable and it's the same with fashion it's like when virgil did all of his like drawing on things and then you like go to burberry and you're like wow burberry just tried to copy everything that that virgil's doing at at louis vuitton or off-white yeah yeah and realistically i think it i when I kind of noticed that I was like, wow, this is just how people make money. And yeah, it's like, okay, this is making loads of money right now. Yeah. So we have to do this because yeah. everyone wants this. But it's the th- real. yeah, exactly. But the thing that I like is when people will stick to what they're doing and just like yeah. ride it out. And we're like, no, we're fucking sticking to it. Totally. Yeah. Like a sound, like when someone doesn't yeah. water down their sound or, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to do that, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, sure. it, although, although I think it it takes longer to kind of build a fan base and to grow your career, I think if you're really true to yourself and really true to what you love and not yeah. just kind of like bunny hopping around to different sounds and different kind of fads, I think that... Hopefully. I think the the right people are very sensitive to authenticity Mm. and um, we we spoke we mentioned Honey Dijon earlier Honey's always stuck to her guns yeah always always you know made made the music she wants to make uh played the places she wants to play there's no selling out from Honey Dijon she hustled she's been on the grind for however I mean god I started going to her shows 15 years ago forever yeah you know, and it and it and she's still got the same mentality, and 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 her world is growing, and yeah. her personal career is 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 growing because because of that authenticity that yeah. people are latching latching onto, and it ta- and it does take a minute sometimes. Um, yeah, in, interesting. People people can see. I think people can see a sellout a mile off. You know? Yeah, 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 definitely. 
How and then you're just flashing the pan anyway. Like if you if you hop around trends, you're just a flash, you're gonna just be a trend. Mm. Unless um, you unless you keep it up. Like there's certain artists that are like smashing the kind of pop scene right now. And mm. like let's say for instance Joel, right? Like yeah. Joel, like he's a good mate, but like he's he's he had his first big record and everyone was like, Oh, he's not he's gonna fall off the off the wagon now. Yeah. And he just kept that up. And yeah. he's just he's just straight up pop, and, and he loves it. He loves, he loves it. Tell you what was I was on his Wikipedia recently, and I noted because it's is it sorry the track that you you're talking about his big crossover moment where yeah. he had a big hit yeah yeah there were about fifteen singles before that oh yeah I I helped yeah. write some of them right okay, wait, <laughs> okay, wait. yeah See, I, I wasn't really aware of that so I was yeah. just I just found myself on his Wikipedia page and I was like. Wow, he's really, really. It's a, that's a long career. Honestly, that's that I said it from from the the day I met him was. I got introduced to him to write some music years ago, and he that was when he just come off the Geordie Shore. His like ex girlfriend was on Geordie Shore, so he was like the yeah. DJ on Geordie Shore, yeah. and we were like, he was in my studio and we were talking, and he was like, I just want to be like a cool DJ, and I was like, dude you're never going to be a cool DJ. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like, you're, you're going to have to change everything. You have to change your name. You're going to have to change the way you look. Like you're just, just do what makes you happy. If you know what I mean, don't try and be cool because of it. Yeah. And it took a few years and then he came out with sorry. And it was just yeah. a smasher. And, and it's, it's so nice to see because what he's doing is so him. Totally. And also nicest guy in the world. Oh, he's legend. I won't hear a bad word said about about Joel Corey. He is so nice and is loving every moment of what he's doing. And he works so hard. Uh, like when absolutely. when I was when I was working with him, he was literally touring like Oceanas, Prisms, like every weekend, like three a night. Yeah, like, and, yeah, yeah. and like yeah. he he made an amazing career out of it, and. You can't knock that at all. Whether you like the music or not is something completely different. Yeah. That's that's your opinion, but you can't knock somebody that's willing certainly, to fucking work hard. Certainly a lot of people like the music, you know. He's in the top five all the time. Clearly yeah. that there's a, a formula there that's really hitting and working. Totally. So, what's, what's, yeah. the, what's the... Is that a goal for you? To- I do think that it would be... Um, I mean, I have signed to a major, yeah. so it would be great to hit the charts. Yeah. Um, I think there would be something quite fab and quite an achievement for where I come from and queer culture and yeah, stuff. Yeah, massively. I do have, you know, like a if I had to top 10 record or, yeah. or something and, you know, what, I won a Brit or, yeah. you know, or something like that. Yeah. I think there, it would be nice to, you know, like, you know, queer the mainstream a little bit. <laughs> A little bit more, go even further with that. You know, I'm, I'm doing promo, promo at the moment for, for a record I got out this week. And, you know, I'm at Capital FM and I'm, yeah. at, I'm at these like quite, you know, the, these doors were well and truly closed for me totally. until a couple of years ago. Or for someone like me, someone like me wouldn't be, wouldn't get a look in. It's like with Drag Race really doing well now. I mean, it took them 10 years pitching for Drag Race. Yeah. Rue told me 10 years of pitching until they finally got it on TV. And and all the TV channels that they were going to were turning it down, saying drag's great, we love drag, but it's not for t- it's not going to work on TV. It's a club thing, you know, or it's an underground thing, or it's a bar thing, or it's a gay it's a gay thing, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, and so 
I do think that if I was to get a top 10 record, it would be quite genius. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be kind of genius. It would it be amazing. Be yeah, no, it would be quite fab. That isn't the only way, you know, I, I, I just, I really, and I'm not just saying this, I just want to get good music out that I'm proud of, yeah. that I would choose to listen to and latch onto if I wasn't, if it wasn't me making it um, out to out to an audience who and it can it gives them some joy totally. and I see them at the show and they're dancing and they're saying the lyrics back at me or they're yeah. just clearly in a in a joyful moment because of this music that's what it's all about right those little moments totally. where you know aside from the career goals um, moments and well aside aside from ambitious moments yeah. and stuff you know we we we'd be fakes if we if we if we didn't just love those moments where we're giving people you know it's a it's a service, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, it's, a, it's a duty. You know, I felt like that when we were doing all uh, all the um, streams in lockdown. I'd be like getting my makeup on and after sorting through my records, ready for a live stream. I'd be thinking, this is my duty. <laughs> I've got to entertain the masses. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's so true. It's so true. Like what I was put on this earth to do. <laughs> right. Every, everyone, everyone kind of has always kind of supported us by paying to come to clubs. Yes, and, yeah. And during lockdown, like all we could do is really give back. I didn't give back in streams. Mine was just starting yeah. a podcast. Absolutely, which people listen to and absolutely love. Yeah. And, so yeah. You yeah. you do. And I think I think realistically, community in this is the, the main thing, right? And and especially where you're coming from, like community is so important in, in your yeah. culture as well and, and kind of where you're at and I yeah. think that's the thing that a lot of us, oh, I can't speak for everyone, but for me is like, I can also forget that when I'm like writing music and releasing records and you're like, oh, fuck, it needs to do better. It needs to do better. It needs to do better. And then you're like, oh, it's only done a million streams. And then you're like, fuck, it's like only a million it, streams. Yeah, it's, I know. And then of course, a couple of years ago, you know, if I, for example, got a, tr- a track now with, with millions of streams, that's amazing. I've, I want it to be double, completely yeah. lose sight of the fact that two years ago, you know, 100,000 streams a would have been nice. Yeah. But that's just ambitiousness, isn't it? And that's sort of forgetting the, that. I think that's also a creative thing. Totally. Never really being satisfied with with results and going on to the next thing. While I go on to the, I'm already, you know, thinking about my next single campaign while I'm in this one it's right now. Mental, it's mental, isn't like, it? I just jump onto the next thing. I think that's a creative thing. That's yeah. restlessness, I think. Isn't yeah, it? I think it's that w- constantly want for more as well. And it, it's not agreed for, for me because a lot no, of it, for, it, I don't know about you, but it's not, it, obviously it is financially driven because we all need to pay our bills and we need to, we, we want to kind of, I, I want to grow a, a nice life for me in the, in the future and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, the finance side of it, always comes seems to come last when it comes mm-hmm. to like wanting career success absolutely yeah and I, I like to think about what would be left behind like like what's the story what have i left exactly. in place what the legacy thing? yeah what exactly that's the word yeah what legacy and God, i'm talking about when so, i die we're so egotistical <laughs> Yeah, I know. No, but like, what is? I guess. Oh, maybe I am. As I say, sat here in a face full of makeup and a wig. Um, maybe, maybe. No, maybe I hear yeah. what you're saying. No, I'm the same. I'd never release anything that I wasn't really proud of. It it would destroy my soul to put something out. Oh, I've done that. Like, oh, you have. I've yeah. done that. Yeah, I've I've released what? There's one record that I. To be fair, at the time, I loved it. Yeah, and, and then that's and then that's fine. 
And I fucking hate it now. Yeah, but that's retrospect, isn't it? Yeah. uh, That's a dangerous thing as well. I try not to look at numbers. That's dangerous. Yeah, what's your... What's your... um release on release day a uh, horrific is the worst horrific oh the day before release day i hate it, <laughs> I hate it back. the the vocals aren't loud enough yeah the um i don't know the hi-hats are too loud you yeah. know like I said, it's uh no one's gonna like it yeah. it's gonna bomb it's gonna be mortifying and i completely lose sight on how it felt making it and and how excited I was like the previous week about it. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes out when you start getting reactions from people, first of all, on, online, and then in real life, when you get to play it out, um, you forget all that. But yeah, yeah, I get very nervous around around release day. Because as artists, putting a, putting a piece of work out there is fucking scary. Yeah. You know, it the insecurities is. all come out. It is. And there's, there's that saying that when... I try and tell myself it, but it doesn't always work. But it's like once you put your music out, it's not your music; it's everybody else's. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's up to everybody else to kind of what will be will be to a certain extent. Yeah, but, it's scary. Isn't it? Yeah, there's a I did I for since since having my own record label and releasing music on my own record label, like I've really I've enjoyed releasing like two records. Yeah, just because right, right. it's like so scary it's scary yeah and it's, and it's a lot of work yeah and so people just hear the final product yeah they don't realize that 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 final master the journey that that track's taken mm. could have been three years ago since yeah. that you know shoved into a folder on the desktop and or whatever like the journey the journey of a record and then you know just the and it's all the other things as well. It's like we're getting the artwork ready, yeah. and I really love all that. Yeah. Although all those other creative elements that come into it, but um, it's you put so much into it that when you do release it, you suddenly just start second guessing it, maybe. Totally. And then, like two days after it's come out, you're like, "Yeah, I love it." <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're like back to like, "Yes, people are fucking eating up this record. This is great." Yeah. The worst. What's the next? <laughs> the worst thing is when your Spotify rap comes up of the rest of the whole year and you're your oh, favorite artist. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got but of course you are, because you know, you've got to like go get know, the streams up. Totally got to get streams up, got to see how it sounds on the on the Spotify. The Spotify rap is is pretty dangerous for artists as well because I think we just compare ourselves yeah, to each other. I, I never I never post it. Oof, it's certain, like, that's danger zone. There's certain things that I try try to stay clear from, um, mm. and that's telling, that's talking about a sold out show, and right. that's talking about like a Spotify rap and things like that. Right. There's like yeah. certain there's like certain milestones that I might talk about in future, but to be proud of achievements, yeah, and, and just be like, yeah. thank you, I re- like I really yeah. appreciate it. But I think. Certain things when I, I when we know it's not necessarily to say thank you. Yeah, it's from an ego point of yeah. view. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I, I try and tame it down a little bit. Inside, it's it's inside, and I can yeah. I know it. But I think there's like, how can I say that this show sold out without being a dickhead about it and being like, 
um, try and... How do you say it? How do you say it? Jones? I oh, generally well. just say, like, I don't put a... I won't put a post up. Okay. I put a story up going, heads up, tickets are only available at the door now. Okay. And be like, done. But I, there's also, I spoke about this on the Spencer Brown podcast. There's also like a business side of this where you want other promoters to see that you're selling out shows. Totally. There's the whole business side of yeah. the game as well, as like, well as the creative. But we have to be. You have to, you have to do both. And I don't know. I, I think there's a time and place. I don't think my fans give a fuck if I sell out a show. No, they and don't. Let's be honest. How many fans compared to promoters or business people were following me? Like ninety yeah. percent fans. So like, why the fuck yeah. do they? It's this actually okay. probably pissed them off that they've sold because they haven't bought a ticket. Right. So it's right. like, well, hang on. Let's. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really nice on the Spotify rap. I don't know about you when you see people like post that you're in their top ten. So nice. It's you weird. People, yeah. It's so weird it's to me. Who else there? there are, I get some, I'm in some very odd I bet. <laughs> Sometimes it's the obvious ones and other times it's like, really? <laughs> how bizarre. I love it but, though. <laughs> how broad are your tastes or, you know, whatever. But it's cool. So yeah. what, what's this new single out coming out? Because this will come out in a few weeks. So the record's out. Yeah. When this. The record's out. Yeah. It's called Good Time. Good Time. Uh, Cool, good time. I'll, I'll send it to you after. Easy. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's completely bonkers. It's a bit, it's a bit Armin van Helden vibe. Love it. It's a, um, it's a little, but maybe a little. I kind of described it the other day as if Basement Jacks made a banging disco record. Love it. You can hear that UK influence in it. It's there's like all sorts of like little record scratchy breaks and crazy sound effects, and it's it's slapped pretty hard. Sick. Um, Yes, Matt, it's a pretty mad record. I really, it's a, a very catchy hook, I think, um, sung hook. Uh, yeah, good time. I can't time. wait, I can't wait yeah. to hear it. I think you'll like it, it's cool. And it's out now. Go it's listen to out it. now. Go stream it. <laughs> go, go make some pennies for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's wrap this up. We've just done an hour. It's gone bloody quick. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been Pleasure. really, I know we've spoke on on we've slid into each other's dms over the, over the last year but it's so nice to and just, I'm, like, such a, I'm such a fan of yours thank as well. you so I love much your, I love your tunes, so. let's um i'm back yeah. in i'm actually playing in london in april um so let's uh let's try and catch up let's go grab some food and, that'd be great yeah oh, i'd love to definitely kid. keep yeah. safe and um good luck with everything keep it up oh, oh beforehand how do people follow you oh at jody harsh j-o-d-i-e-h-a-r-s-h uh, that's instagram twitter all the can all those be- usual before we places. go sorry this is a question i've wanted to ask you um, have i come up with my name yeah i know someone, like- gave, someone gave it to me i don't know drag names are often quite sort of punny and whatever yeah. and when i was 18 someone a friend of mine because <laughs> my real name begins with a j yeah. so i got given the name and you i'm kind of stuck you got a good real surname as well i'm into that my real surname is Clark. I say, <laughs> I know, I know. But Love I've it. Got to stick together. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, keep safe. Keep doing what you're doing. You're killing it. Thank you so much. See yes. you later. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Absolutely loved that conversation. That was amazing. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Please share with your friends, your family. Um, yeah. Do your thing. Have a great week. Keep safe. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.